So the American Psychological Association came out at the beginning of 2023 and said that 27% of Americans are uh, highly anxious and living with low-level depression. And it makes a lot of sense to me in this world. Because if you are, if you're not taking in the right kind of air, you're going to really be fighting anxiety and depression. Just in the general, our culture has a number of building blocks that are, uh, they're not necessarily unique to other countries around the world, but they are certainly, uh, they're certainly a uh, part of the fabric of our society. Uh, we, we live in a society that is first and foremost a a society of uh, what's called a meritocracy. And basically a meritocracy just says that uh, everyone is free to make it if they're talented enough and have enough energy. And so we are very much a merit-based society. We're told to go to school, get an education, and you're much more likely to succeed in life if you have an education. And so anyone that finds themselves in what is perceived as a lack of success views it as their own fault. If after all, everyone at the top deserves their success because they worked for it, they achieved it, then certainly those at the bottom deserve the opposite. But not only are we a meritocracy, we are, we are a society that is built off of individualism. We place high value in an individual. And of course, the individual's achievements are everything. Because everyone in our society is told that everyone has a special destiny. We're not, a, we're not a society that celebrates the ordinary. Statistically speaking, the majority are going to have some form of spectacular dynamic of their life, meaning the majority are going to end up with an ordinary life that is considered, at some level, a failure. And then another part of our society that weaves into this low-level stress, anxiety, and depression is our romanticism in our society. After all, everyone should have that special someone who will complete them, the person that will make them happy. How's that worked out? I mean, you know, people in our lives where they're mostly pretty nice, but, you know, there's still work that needs to be done, and that can make it rather difficult if there is a belief system that there is one that will complete, there is one that will make everything okay. The big part of our our society that really adds a lot of stress and anxiety is, and you'll immediately go, yeah, yeah, that's right, because you can see it, but it's the media. We celebrate media. 
We, we celebrate media in this place of being able to share with us the things that are taking a place. But ever since the 1950s when the U.S. government decided to make media big business as opposed to as a nonprofit, media began to weave into every bit of its fabric things that scare, things that worry, things that cause us to panic, things that enrage us. It literally focuses on the least admirable part of humanity. And rarely does it focus in on the beauty and the specialness around the world. In fact, what we're seeing right before our eyes, and, and of course it, it easily causes stress and anxiety in people's hearts, is that the way our media is portraying our world, people are leaning towards a mob form of justice. Now when you add in social media, talking things like Facebook and YouTube and Instagram and TikTok, uh, we also have added in all of these irrational fears that come into our life. Saw TikTok this week that had a snake up in someone's ceiling fan and it eventually threw it at them. So everyone's going to go home and check their ceiling fans. And what we don't realize is that there's 8 billion people in the world, and while media focuses on a select few, there's 7.8 billion people going through life just fine. But we have another part of our society that oftentimes we don't think about is that there is a, there's a belief system that there can be an attainment of perfection in life. That when we achieve it, we'll find ourselves content, we'll find ourselves sane, we'll find ourselves sitting uh, on uh, the poolside beaten lawn chair feeling content and accomplished. But really what it does is it breeds into our everyday lives a, a feeling that really is hopelessness and a sense of lives that are wasted. Of course, we also see that our, our country is becoming ever more secular. Secularism is a, is a normal part of our world. Think about how in the last number of generations our world has descended. You can see church attendance is not by itself a mark of spirituality of any nation, but uh, church attendance certainly is a fruit of loving Jesus. The greatest generation that was born before 1924, they say that 56% of that generation attended church on a weekly basis. The silent generation that was born between 1929 and 1945 dropped to 44%. The boomers between 1946 and 1964, 32%. The Gen Xers, 1965 to 1980, my generation, 27%. Millennials born between 1981 and 1996, 18%. Generation Z, the ones that are just emerging into adulthood, they now say are the first generation that would be post-Christian generation. And so even as followers of Jesus, we look at our nation becoming less and less like it once was, 
And there can come into our lives a level of stress, a level of anxiety, even a level of depression that can come. And while all of those things are very much outside of our ability to change, we still have personal problems. We've got marriage problems, we've got kids' problems, we've got financial problems, we've got work problems. The list goes on and on and on and on. And the closer it is to Jesus' coming back, if we're not careful, we will carry a level of anxiety and low-grade depression that we were never intended to carry. Our connect that today is kind of a mixed connect, but it's simply this, that life is as hard as holding your breath. So pause, inhale from heaven, and rejuvenate. Actually, a number of years ago, I had people hold their breath to see how long they could hold it for, and I had people that almost passed out, so we're not going to try that today. But it's common for us to ask each other, how is life? And what we end up doing is we say, oh, life is good, life is fine. If you're, if you're real spiritual, you say, I'm healthy, wealthy, and blessed. And we put up this facade that everything is okay, that life is hard for everyone else. Because what we've done along the way, we've taken these fabrics of our society from this, 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 this modern belief that we can, we can have this merit-based life, or, or literally that we can have a life of individualism, or we can have a, a romanticized life, or we can, we can buy into everything that the media is telling us, or we believe that we can achieve some form of perfection, or we, 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 we go, well, we just need to be more this in our Christianity and what we end up building and what we end up living is a dynamic of unhealthy Christianity, believing that God will make my society healthy, believing that, that you, so I'm going to get some of you on this, that Jesus is my personal savior. Boy, if that's your basis, everything from then on is just wrong. Or you believe that everything is going to be perfected in my life because I'm a Christian. Or that you believe because you, you're so caught up in the world in which we live that if, if you live in the right, then you're left. And if you're left, then everything else in the wrong is, 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 wrong is in the right. And so we believe that God hates people who are different than us. Or others that just believe that, that I'm just going to naturally evolve into this wonderful spiritual Christian but even as we were talking in the Sunday school class today and uh, someone, we were talking about the whole book of Psalms, Rick Warren said that you can sum it up by saying life is hard, God is good. And someone had just said that this week or the last couple of weeks to someone at work, uh, that life is hard, but God's good. It's something that people can't compute. How can we live in a hard world and yet find that God is totally good? Well, we do that because we pause and we inhale. But what we breathe in, what we inhale, is the oxygen of heaven. If think of it a little bit like this. If you've ever been scuba diving, or if you've ever been snorkeling, that's probably a better example. If you've ever been snorkeling, uh, you're down under the water, but your snorkel's up, breathing the air above the water. That's what God intends for you and I. 
to, to live in this world that, that is going to always try to throw a bit of anxiety, that's always going to give us these reasons why we should, we should not have hope and, and have a bit of low-grade depression in our life. But we're breathing the oxygen of heaven, so we're able to enjoy the scenery down here. So the scripture in Matthew chapter 6, we, we touched on this a little bit last week. Our Father in heaven. By the way, I, I chose the New King James Version because it's the only version that just chose us, choose to include that last part of the, this prayer. It says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us in temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. In this portion of scripture, when the disciples asked Jesus to pray, he was telling them, you have to pause and you have to take breath from heaven. If you want to be rejuvenated in these last days when we're filled with all of the fears, all the reasons to be anxious, all the bad stuff, when humanity is always being placed out there as always being horrible, you need to breathe in from heaven. And I think that what we've done without even realizing it, we've kind of lost the splendor that awaits us in heaven. And while this prayer says that we are to pray that his will would be on earth as it is in heaven. We overlay the fabric of our society thinking that I'm going to live a heavenly life while on earth. When all actuality we are asking that the the dynamic of the will of the Father is free-flowing like it is in heaven. But as Paul said, we are citizens of heaven. And if we're citizens of heaven, well, that's where our minds are going to go. And I look for and I long for heaven. There's rarely days that go by that I don't think about heaven. Now, some would say, well, that's just an escapist mentality. You're just trying to get out of here. Well, in some respects, that's true. Because life is hard. And others would say, yeah, but you're so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. Listen, the modern day church is so earthly minded, it's no heavenly good. Let me say that one more time. We're so earthly minded, we're no heavenly good. But when you start thinking about heaven, you start thinking about the dynamics of heaven, then all of a sudden, that's where your mind's going. And you, and you go, wait a minute, this is what I have to look forward to. And the moment you begin to pray, our Father in heaven, the Spirit begins to do something in your life. I believe that the Spirit does, Jesus does that we we talked about earlier. He goes, take that little mint in your hand. Whenever you go to the Lord in prayer and you say, our Father in heaven, it's like taking a mint and putting it in your mouth. You get fresh breath. That's what the Lord is asking us to do constantly. Because our our world is moving at such a rate. There are so many things that are taking place. Now, in the room, the majority of you are going to be able to understand this because, you know, 
9-11 was a, an incredibly marking moment in, in, in our lives, right? You know what you were doing on September 11th, 2001, right? The very first time you saw on TV that you've seen nonstop senses, the things breaking news. Breaking news did not exist before then. Now it's every day. Every day, breaking news. Ding, 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 ding. Constantly coming after. And what you find, if you're not careful, if that's what you're getting caught up in, you're living life going, and life is as hard as holding your breath. And so you have to pause. And you have to say, oh, my Father in heaven. And he all of a sudden breathes something that allows us to to move about our day, to move about the things that are before us in a way that is beautiful. I love, by the way, maybe you've found this to be true with some of the people at Bethel, is, is you sit down and, and, first of all, if they're not Texan, you can start right there. What was life like for you when you were growing up? I love it talking with people who lived lives totally different than myself. Whenever you are before your Heavenly Father, that's what you're doing. Now, here's the thing. When I talk to people, whether they're somewhere in the world or some other place in the United States, I'm going to hear the good and the bad, right? And then I'm going to typically get fed because they always want to share their good food, which is why when we get to heaven, what are we going to do? We're going to eat. We're going to have a heavenly meal because your Father in heaven looks forward to sitting down and eating. We can argue about if that'll be barbecue or not, whatever it's going to be. In heaven, when you pray to the Father in heaven, the things that he is going to talk to you about are all going to be good. He's going to talk to you about about heaven being a place where you don't have to be the success. Jesus is already the success. He'll talk to you about Things like, you'll, you'll, you'll automatically when you talk to you about it, he'll recognize that everybody matters. This is the beautiful thing, and one of the things I really look forward to, to heaven is that, is that, you know, in, as it is right now, uh, time is our enemy, right? At some level, time is our enemy. We only have so much time with each other. But I, I can imagine that, that, that in, at some point in, in eternity future, when, when time really doesn't matter anymore, I'll go, I'll go, hey, whoever's around me, let's just have a, let's just have a party. And everybody that was at Bethel, let's, just, let's all go hang out together. Because everybody will be important, and, and, and we'll be able to sit, and we'll be able to, to eat, and, and to drink, and to enjoy, and do whatever we do, play games, talk about all the areas that, that Jesus showed up and showed off in our life, and we'll be able to just really be unhindered by having to be somewhere. We'll be able to be together and not walk on eggshells worrying about offending someone or being offended. We'll be able to enjoy and love each other perfectly because, because you will see me like I actually am and I'll see you like you actually are, as Paul says. The news will be all good. We'll talk about other people going, that's going on. It'll all be good stuff because everyone will be perfected. 
And everyone will still talk about recent points in their life, their faith in God. God came through for me here. God came through for me here. Because Paul said, he said that these things remain. What is it? Faith, hope, and love. You ever think about what that even means in heaven? I mean, if you think that, if you think that you're going to get to heaven and you're no longer going to have faith, then you've just diminished heaven. If you think you're going to get to heaven and you're going to have no need for hope anymore, you've just diminished heaven. Because it's not us going up and just sitting around and playing the harp. Oh, how boring would that be? And I, and I, I'm, and I have no doubt that I'll sing and I'll have a, a beautiful voice and all that. But I'm not going to sit and sing all day. There are Sundays I struggle with singing four songs. Listen, some of you are looking at me. You struggle singing four songs too. So if you think that that's all you're going to do in heaven, you're missing it. Before us will be everything. And God will give us these assignments. And we'll go, oh, that's exactly what I want to do. And we're going to get out and do whatever they are. And we're going to be doing them. And we're going to go, oh, wait a minute. I can't do that. Oh, God can. I know. Here's the faith. I know he either has the answer or will take care of it himself. And I will hope in that. And if you think you have faith now, wait on what your faith is going to look like when you see the Almighty God. If it's this big, I don't even know that that big would describe it, right? And this will go on forever. And I look forward to that. Because it's going to happen not in a, in a manner where, where we're trying to have our physical bodies healed or we're trying to have a marriage restored or we're trying to get our kids saved or we're doing any of that kind of stuff because that will be days gone by. We will now be in, then in a day where we are experiencing true freedom. Isaiah says that, that in the millennial reign of Christ that, that people will be able to grow their own crops and keep it. You don't have to get this. You won't have to work for another person. Yes. This is what we're to be reju rejuvenated on. This is what we need to stop and pause and allow the great God of heaven to, to really get us to begin to, to be rejuvenated. And so here's what we're going to do. I asked Marco to sing a song this morning that he's not sung before. All I want you to do is close your, uh, close your eyes and listen to the words, and then we're going to come back. And what you're going to find, even as he's singing, you're going to be breathing in. A distant shore waiting me home A city you are building home I know your love is leading me home Home Where will they Aside our weeping home, where the air is thick with glory, home, where my heart is aching to go home. 
talk through the grow piece here this morning. Uh, I think there are three, three places I think that it's good for us to grow. There's an intentionality, there's a sentimentality, and there's a conditionality. Let's start about the intentionality. It's very important that we learn to breathe on a regular basis. Now you're going, okay, I do that. Do you know most people don't? They take short, shallow breaths. We were not intended to have our breath here. We're always intended to have our breath here. If you've done physical exercise, you'll find that you're not breathing here. You're breathing here. Because, you're taking, because your energy comes from a full breath. And so what does that look like in our spirituality? It looks like when we are just casually throwing prayers out to the Lord, we're just breathing really up here. But when you are intentional about saying, God, I'm going to make sure to look to you and spend time with you. My Father in heaven, I have to receive from you. You're saying, I'm going to breathe down here. Because now you're getting energy. Now you're going, God, I've got to make sure that I've received from you the hope and, and whatever it is for that particular day. Because when it comes to our prayer life, when it comes to regularly seeking our Father in heaven... I want to tell you that uh, the level of importance shows up in the priority. If this is not something that's important to you, then you're not going to prioritize it in your life. It's going to be something that you just kind of tend to throw out there. 
But when you recognize the importance of going before our Father who is in heaven, you're going to make sure that you prioritize it. Here's what, I, here's what I find in my own life. I find that in my early mornings, when I'm by myself, because I beat Clarissa up every day, out of bed, every day. That's somebody that was a slow burn. Uh, I'm by myself, and it's me and his word, and I'm just listening from heaven. And so Clarissa and I were talking yesterday, and I, I just, I had worked my way uh, the last two days through the book of Ephesians. And, and in the first chapter, Paul talks about the coming ages in Christ. Ages, the coming ages. And whatever reason, the Lord illuminated that. He had that out in front of me. Because uh, for, for me, uh, the, the, you know, I'm, you know, this week having, you know, another year that people celebrate and, you know, the person that's actually going through it's going, oh, crud, can we just not even pay attention to it and move on? It's easy to, it's easy to allow the things, the fabrics of our culture to make us regret and to find disappointment. And I only have so much time. After all, the Bible gives us 70 years. If I do the math, that's, you know, getting closer to two hands than I like. I'm not going to tell you how many. And so when the Lord talks about the coming ages, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, it may, it may be in this body be getting close. But I've got ages to come and ages to come. And so I have to be intentional in my personal time. But then there's the times where Clarissa and I, and this is typically when we're walking, we're, we're actually just, we're walking, we have things that, there's actually a point in our walk where it's time to pray, and, and we pray from then on out if there's nothing specific that, you know, we've not mentioned already, there's kind of a routine that we walk through. But also then for me personally, there are very specific things that, that I will say to the Lord at least twice a week. Some of you will think less of me. You can. I don't care. Twice a week where I'm really, me and the Lord are just kind of battling stuff out that I'm holding on to. And I got a list that I turn to and I say this, this, this. And I begin to say, okay, Father in heaven, for heaven's sake, what about this, 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 and this? And he has all sorts of things to say about it. And sometimes I like what he has to say and sometimes I laugh at what he says. Most of the times, I really like what he says. Somebody this morning, I, uh, I just, I, I like the fact that they have, I could tell you they have a, some form of prayer life uh, during the week, because they said to me, I have a word for you today, and I don't know if it's from the Lord. And I looked at them when they were done, I said, it's absolutely from the Lord. The Lord was talking to me about that two days ago. Thank you for affirming it. Because sometimes the Lord will have us do things that we don't want to do, that our flesh doesn't want to do, that he's saying, be obedient in. Which brings me to the sentimentality. If your intentionality will get you focused on the God of heaven uh, on a regular basis, you're going to want to get to heaven because of him. Now, there's nothing wrong with wanting to escape all the things of the earth. There's nothing wrong with wanting to get a new body. But let me tell you something. If you learn to enjoy the Father now, you will really look forward to him later. 
And so, so you're going to live this hope-filled life. You've got to understand, this is the precise thing that, that, that Eve, and we'll just say Adam and Eve, really were deceived on when it came to the devil. That, that their life was not going complete enough with just the relationship with the Father. There's more. He's holding back on you. And that's how the enemy got in. But when you learn to enjoy the Father, you find there's not a lot else that you need. This is the great thing about, again, we were talking about in Sunday school today, was that that in days gone by, you know, what was very common in in Christian uh, conversations was Jesus and God's stuff. This is what God's doing. I'm so excited about this, and God's doing that, and God's doing this and that. And the other thing, now it's hard to get people to focus on God in any kind of conversations. They're not used to enjoying the Heavenly Father. I want to know God in the fullest way that I possibly can in this life and the life to come. Because every day is a learning experience. Every day is is an opportunity to experience his grace and his mercy and his power in and through our life. He actually has a great personality. Some people think he's so mean they don't even want to approach him. He's got a great personality. How do I know that? Because his personality is seen in Jesus Christ. We can fully understand the Father through, under, through looking at Jesus Christ. I uh, have really enjoyed watching the show The Chosen. Uh, because they, they just, it's, if you're gonna, you don't watch it for theology. You don't watch it to, 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 for anything other than going, this could be a backstory of what it was like to hang out with Jesus. And in one particular scene early on in, in season one, they're around the table and, and, uh, and, the, and the comment comes, well, I didn't think anything good can come from Nazareth. And everybody did what was so normal around the table. Everybody, oh, they're talking like that about Jesus. And Jesus turned to the guy who said it and he just winked at him. Now that may be way too out there for your idea of who God is, but I got to think that that would not be on, be on, be on who God is. Because God understands life. He understands the challenges. He understands the awkwardness and the fun things that can happen in the middle of awkwardness. Because he's funny. I look at myself in the mirror and go, yep, we serve a funny God. No, I kept that all to myself, by the way. You look at the animals. There are some animals who are just, they're just funny. This is one of the great things about our day, because I've learned a lot about, I'm not a person that's ever going to sit, everybody ever asks what they watch on TV, everybody watches the Discovery Channel, and that's all they watch. I don't really watch that much of that kind of stuff, but I, but I, but I do like watching, specifically I like watching dog videos and learning about dogs, uh, and, uh, and I've seen a number of videos where, you know, the, the, the owner is on crutches, and they're kind of hopping along, and then you notice the dog hopping along. Where does that come from? That comes from the God of heaven. I saw a video of this, this last week of, of, of two uh, young killer whales coming up to a boat. Now, I know some of you are probably going, he's going to talk about the killer whales attacking boats. No, because that's kind of an unnecessary fear. The, but two killer whales come up to a boat, and they circle the boat, and they start screaming out, out of the water. And, and they recognized that something was wrong, and these killer whales were trying to tell them something, and so they called a rescue boat, and the killer whales circled the boats, and then in one formation led the boat to their mother, who was caught in a rope under the water. And they were able to cut the rope, 
This gets, it even gets more cool. They cut the rope. Mom is freed. And the whole pod starts going around the boat. And they get out in front. And a whole nother pod comes and joins them. And starts leading them towards the shore. One of them takes off. And this is, it's, I guess, in killer whale fashion. And captures a stingray. Kills it. And brings it to him. That is part of the creation of our heavenly Father. The Bible says in Romans, the whole earth is filled with his glory. And so when you begin to recognize, you, you, you begin to have a sentiment about the heavenly Father that is, wait a minute, you know, we're two ways too separated still here. I, I can't wait until I can see and see you without dying, of course. And so I look forward to heaven. I think the other part that we missed is, is, the, is the conditioning that comes when we begin to pray the, the, the Lord's Prayer, as it's mentioned here. Is that there are, there are kingdom principles throughout that are heaven principles. Heavenly principles is that God supplies. You know, you realize that when we get to, when we get to heaven, we don't become God. We are still going to need an external, external source to live. So, now, the fruit that was of the garden becomes available. It, it's, it's producing fruit, the scripture says, continually. And so, God has a way for us to live forever because he supplies it. So, he's going to supply then. I now know he supplies now. But more than that, do you realize that, that the one, the, the thing that outside of Jesus, that everyone in heaven is going to have in common is forgiveness. No one will be there without having said yes to the penalty that Jesus paid so that they are forgiven. Whether they were looking toward Jesus or us looking back to Jesus. Forgiveness. Forgiveness is the currency of heaven. And so as we say our Father in heaven, then the currency of heaven becomes our currency today. Because we walk in this, 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 this freedom of not having, not having to worry about forgiveness, being able to be at absolute peace. Then you go down a little bit more and you find that in that, in that same prayer, there's this, this deliver me uh, from the temptation of evil. I, there, there's a way for us to escape. We will have escaped in Christ Jesus, into heaven, but there's a way of escape now. So I learn it. I begin to grow in it. Wait a minute. I don't have to wait till then. That'll be the, the ultimate expression. I can escape it now. He no longer has power over me. And so the reason I use the New King James Version is, is it, it closes out. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory for every man is that heaven is filled with the perfect understanding who God is and all that God has. And so there's this constant recognition that there's nothing better, there's no one better. And in, and in a world and in a society where we, have, we, have, uh, we worship materialism, the sooner we begin to take a breath from heaven and recognizing there's nothing on this earth that could ever compare to that which is set before me then we find ourselves constantly coming back to him.
So let me finish with this. Three things real basic that, that I want you to do this week. Uh, the first, if you've not already done it, is you need to memorize the Lord's Prayer. Memorizing the Lord's Prayer and just saying the Lord's Prayer. When I first came and started following Jesus, my, my apartment was, yeah, it was empty and I would sit on the floor and that's the first portion of Scripture that I memorized was the Lord's Prayer. And I would literally say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us not our debts. Forgive us our debts. We forgive our debtors. Lead us not in temptation, but deliver me from the evil one. I personalized uh, that part. And for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Why is memorizing important? Because as you memorize it, it gets inside of you. And one of the things that our modern, uh, our modern culture has done to us, uh, recognize it or not, is that it has taken away our attention span. And by taking away our attention span, we don't memorize anymore. We don't have to memorize. We can just save. Right? We just save it and come back to it later. And so when you internalize it, though, here's what, what, what happens naturally is next, is you begin to meditate on it. You begin to think about this Father in heaven. You begin to think about what it's like for heaven to, and his will to be done here on earth. You begin, to, you begin to meditate on his supply. You begin to meditate on his forgiveness. He begins to remind you of why you need to forgive the person that's hardest for you to forgive. Because you're meditating on it. And you're saying, okay, Lord. Okay. You begin to meditate on the fact that the enemy no longer has power in our life. He's the one who will keep us from being entrapped. He's the one who will, is not just the, uh, the author, but he's the finisher of my faith. And then probably the hardest thing that we have to do is we have to master ourselves. We have to master ourselves here. Because we have to make a choice not to get caught up in our society in these last days. We, we, make, a, we, we make our own decision to focus in on uh, prioritizing my time with the Heavenly Father. We, we, we master uh, the, the value of it. So we're, we're saying, I'm not going to value this over that. And by mastering ourselves, we ultimately allow Him to master us. And then His will that is in heaven ends up being expressed in and through our lives on earth. For me, I, I, I say this to Bill there, there in Wisconsin this week, but I say this to Bill all the time. He actually, he can, he can get in and read the news and he can see God's activity in the news. Okay. I can't. Okay, because I, I, t- I, find, I find it much more easy for the enemy to get me into a mob mentality for justice when I get into the news. So the Lord says to me, he says, well, you can't enter there. In fact, one time this last week, I, I got on a news light, and the Lord, he just, he just, he said the most spiritual word. Uh, it probably translated into my words when he said, really? That's all he had to say. Because I wasn't protecting myself. And if I didn't protect myself... I wouldn't be having feelings of heaven. I'd be having feelings of hell. And so part of that mastery is recognizing how this world overcomes you and saying no to it, protecting yourself from it, and walling yourself off in a healthy way from the things that 
take every bit of heaven out of you. And so this week, memorize it, right? You're going to meditate on it, and then let the Lord start talking to you about the mastery. I think if you'll pause and just breathe in heaven, you're going to find yourself rejuvenated. And so Jesus, we say yes. We say yes to you. And Lord, in each of our own unique and different ways, Lord, wherever we're at in our, in our walk with you, in our, in our level of spirituality, Lord, we say yes. Because whenever we say yes to you, Lord, we know that we are uh, better for it because you are growing in us and, and made known through us. And so, Lord, we just want to pause and we want to breathe in heaven this week in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Thank you again for joining us. We hope that our time together has been a blessing to you. And it doesn't have to end there. If you want to find last week's sermon, you can go to Facebook, YouTube, or you can listen to us on the audio podcast. You can let us know if you'd like to be further connected in a life group. But let me go ahead and pray as we close and say, God, thank you for being with us, Lord God. Thank you for helping us to carry your words, Lord God, and change our lives, Lord. Help us to carry your love to those around us. And we thank you for what you are doing. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you and thank you for being a part. We hope to see you soon.